Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. Freed Up has a word for you. In today's episode, we continue our discussion on couraging up to face our thoughts. Let's talk about some unhealthy thinking patterns and how we can prevent them from taking over our mind space. Healthier thinking leads to healthier living. It leads us to being freed up. So we'll be back in a moment to get this started. Get in here closely, because here we go. It's been a while since most of us have been to the airport and traveled. I miss the opportunity to have that experience. I'm sure you do too. But I have to be honest. I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with TSA. I'm grateful for and I love the fact that they are in place to secure our travel safety and security. But I don't like very much having to go through the process. You know what I'm talking about. Taking off the shoes, the belts, placing electronics in a separate bin ensuring the toiletries fit within travel ounce guidelines. You know the drill. And in the security area, all of these guidelines are posted so that we know what to expect and what to do. And to prepare us even more or annoy us or both, a TSA agent is generally walking through the area shouting out the exact same instructions that are posted on signs in the security area. I do understand, though, that all of this is so very important because, believe it or not, some people don't follow the guidelines. And ultimately, it's TSA's job to help us get clearance through security so we can have a smooth and a safe flight. Even with my annoyance of this process many times, I realize it is a benefit to me and to others that will journey with me. I mean, the truth is not everything that we want to take on the flight with us can go, and it shouldn't. The screening process is a protective mechanism and one that we truly need. And you know what? This process with TSA is similar to our journey to being freed up. On this path, we cannot take every thought with us. We have to take our thoughts through a security screening process on a daily basis. We are the TSA agent for our thoughts. We get to screen what passes through. And while we can't control every thought that comes into our minds, We can control what we let stay there. We don't have to be held captive by our thoughts. We have the power to take them captive instead and take them through the screening process of God's light and his word. God's word is the signage that tells us what we need to do to safely and securely walk this journey toward freedom. And when we have a relationship with God through his son, he continually reminds us what his signage says to keep our hearts minds, and our spirits in a protective mode for this walk in life. Now, if you're like me in this season of being sheltered in place, thoughts have been in abundance, right? We have had less interaction with others as we've been social distancing and more time to be alone with our thoughts. And those thoughts can seem like they're crowding in on us. Some research points to the fact that we have between 50 and 70,000 thoughts each day. And it's been estimated that about 95% of those are repetitive and approximately 80% are often negative in nature. And within this profusion of thoughts, we have a mixture of confusing thoughts, anxious thoughts, grateful thoughts, godly thoughts, 
evil thoughts, hopeful thoughts, and on and on. It's no wonder our thoughts drive our mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And with that many thoughts being repetitive and prone to negativity, it's easy to see how unhealthy thinking patterns might develop. And as you can imagine, unhealthy thinking patterns lead to unproductive paths in our lives. It can take us into detours like low self-esteem, fear-based thinking, and a host of other paths that keep us from being freed up. When we get pulled into challenging emotions, particularly depression and anxiety, we can be sure that they've been preceded by a cycle of unhealthy self-talk, narratives, and thoughts. Patterns develop, and we call these unhealthy or unhelpful thinking styles. These styles become habits and primarily happen outside of our awareness until we are able to have help identifying our use of these patterns. So let's talk a few moments about some unhealthy thinking patterns. And in particular, I want to cover a few of them that are pretty common and talk about how they impact our mental health. The first one is catastrophizing. So, okay, I'm going to go on record here. This is one of my thought go-tos. And I've been working diligently to notice when I'm in this space of thinking and make a shift. When we catastrophize, we tend to blow things out of proportion, or as the old adage says, we make a mountain out of a molehill. Catastrophizing is generally the result of thinking with a what-if mindset, or we consider the worst possible outcome will occur. For example, if you get a call from your boss saying, I need to speak with you, You've already determined with catastrophizing that your job is on the line or that you've done something that warrants a negative or catastrophic outcome. Anybody out there want to admit to this style of thinking too? And as you can imagine, there's lots of anxiety that can be tied to this type of thinking. Maybe your boss simply just wanted to review some planned work with you, but it was seen through a lens of fear-based thinking. Now, another unhelpful thinking pattern is jumping to conclusions. This can be seen as a flow over from catastrophizing. And yes, it has some ties to that style for sure. However, we can jump to conclusions about someone or something that doesn't have to involve the worst possible outcome. We may simply assume and make a decision about something with no evidence to support our thinking. We think we have a hunch about something. I mean, come on, let's be honest. We do feel like we have some level of intelligence to read other people's minds. And one way we do this is that we assume we know what someone else is thinking or we know the rationale behind their behaviors. For instance, if you're having a conversation with someone and occasionally they are looking around at different things that are happening in the environment, you may jump to a conclusion that they are bored with the conversation and or they're being impolite. And you might take it personally. And the truth is, it might simply mean that they are one who is easily distracted by lots of stimuli in their immediate visual space. And this is not a statement about their respect for you. This thinking can lead to hurt feelings, frustration and anger or even questions about your esteem. Like, is something wrong with me? Again, I'm guilty. So listen, I'm just going to say this right now. We need to give each other grace in this episode. These are common thinking patterns, and so we are all in this together, right? Now, another unhelpful thinking pattern is personalization. When you personalize something, you take responsibility totally for external occurrences 
while ignoring other impeding factors. And then as a result, you blame yourself for everything that goes wrong, even when you may only be partly responsible or not even responsible at all. So let's say your child didn't pass the series of exams that she's been preparing for. You have been helping her with her homework. She didn't get a passing grade on all the exams. And now you blame yourself because of it without thinking that other factors were at play. And when we think we have to carry the full responsibility for everything, we will often feel defeated, overwhelmed, and powerless. And then there is what we call overgeneralization. And this is when we take one instance that has happened in the present and we impose this thought or belief on all future situations. Have you ever said to yourself, this is the way things always go for me? Or everybody is like this? Or maybe even my relationships just tend to go this way. These overgeneralizations can leave us feeling a lack of control and a sense of helplessness. So this is truly an unhelpful thinking style that we want to be mindful of and pivot from. Okay, now here are two others that I want to talk about. Black and white thinking and what we call shoulding and musting. This is a twofer, okay? Black and white thinking is what we describe as all or nothing thinking because we will tend to see only one extreme or the other. And with this thinking, it's either right or wrong. It's either good or bad. There are no in-betweens, no shades of gray, and no middle ground. This pattern is heavy on being rigid. And I hear this a lot when it comes to our thoughts about each other. We can often get lumped into and labeled as either good or bad, and we treat each other based upon this assessment. And when we get entrenched in only two extremes, we find ourselves becoming more judgmental and we miss the opportunity to explore the different complexities that are a part of each of our lives. Also, we can turn that black and white thinking onto ourselves and see ourselves as either good or bad based upon our actions on a given day, and that affects how we feel about ourselves. It impacts our view of our esteem and our worth. And how we feel about ourselves is how we live. Thinking drives feelings and emotions, and they drive our behavioral responses. Proverbs 23 and 7 says the same thing. It says, as a man or woman thinks in their heart, that is what they will become. Now, saying I should or I must is not uncommon in our everyday vernacular. Obviously, it's important to meet deadlines that are critical. I must get this to the IRS by April 15, or I could face penalties. Though it's a good thing we have an extension this year, right? But when we use shoulds and musts to put unreasonable demands and pressures on ourselves or onto others, we have stepped over the line of the necessary into the world of unhealthy thinking. Shoulding and musting create unhealthy expectations. So have you ever said, now what they should have done is, ooh, okay, I am telling on myself today. Now, what happens when we say what should have been done is that we are communicating our expectation and perspective, and then we might form a judgment that may be ill-placed or inappropriate, especially if that thing doesn't happen the way we think it should. Now, think about this statement. I must go to the family reunion or people will be upset if I don't show up. 
Now you've created pressure on yourself that will lead to some potential negative emotions. When we live in should and must land, we may struggle with guilt, frustration, people-pleasing, anger, stress, and disappointment. And of course, this affects our overall mental health. Now, lastly, by way of unhelpful thinking patterns, I have to mention the thinking of a double-minded person because this is one the Bible talks about in the book of James, chapter one, verse six through eight. And that scripture says, but when you ask him, be sure your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. What does it mean to be double-minded? It means that we are asking God with the intent of faith, but we are also doubting at the same time. Okay, I have been telling on myself all day today, so I guess I'll just keep going. Recently, I've been praying boldly about a particular situation that I'm asking God to bring to pass. And over the last few weeks, I've been back and forth with it. Yes, God, I see you working. And then I'm in that space. Okay, God, maybe I should just stop praying about this. I was on the throne in my bathroom, of course, one day where I get good prayer in. And I remember clearly hearing God say, you're double-minded. Friends, <laughs> that blew me away. I had to confess that and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm going to start over with a new way of thinking and praying about this. You know, the outcome of double-mindedness is worry, unrest, and well, James already said it in the scripture. It's instability. And that leads to anxiety and discouragement. So now that we spend some time covering a few of the unhelpful thinking styles and patterns, let's take the rest of the episode to discuss how we can combat these unhealthy habits of thinking and keep them from taking our emotions down a path that will keep us from living freed up. Now, this scripture you may have heard, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says that if we're going to be transformed from the thinking that belongs to this world, we have to have renewed minds. And we have to think new and different so that we aren't shaped into the patterns of this world and unhealthy thinking. And listen, y'all, I believe that this process requires courage and discipline. Courage, because if we're going to honestly face our thoughts, they may reveal something about us that we may not know or like or even want to address. We need courage because any change requires bold new steps. And then we also need discipline because thought shifting is an active, intentional process. Thoughts and thought patterns don't just change because we want them to or will them to. No willpower will ever create significant or lasting change. Only intentional, methodical, patient, consistent, and perseverant actions will do this. It is an ongoing daily armoring up that we must do to face the onslaught of unhealthy and negative thoughts and patterns that come our way. So I want to share a really solid strategy and tool that we use as part of cognitive behavioral therapy work to help with shifting unhelpful thinking styles. So I'll call it the three C's. Now, if you're stationary right now, 
Find something to write with and some paper. Now on your paper, create three columns. Column heading number one, put at the top, check, C-H-E-C-K. Under column heading number two, write the word challenge. And under column heading number three, write the word change. So to help us dig up these patterns and thoughts that are keeping us from being freed up, we have to check the thoughts, challenge them, and then change them. So under column check, write down a challenging or negative thought that has continually come into your mind space of late. Something that continually is bombarding your mind. Go ahead and write that down in the column that says check. Okay, so you've just accomplished the first part of this. Check it means stop it. This is where you're acting like that TSA agent and stopping thoughts for screening. And in this stage of the process, you simply just want to be mindful of what you're thinking about over and over. And if we aren't stopping to be aware, friends, if we're not being mindful, those thoughts will continue to take root and have their way with us because we aren't paying attention to them to see how they might be impacting us. So then the next column is where we challenge that thought. In this column, you can also write underneath the word challenge, put in quotations, be curious. Now, when we challenge a thought, we are asking an abundance of questions to see if that thought should be able to stay in our mental luggage as we walk toward being freed up. So take that thought that you wrote down and ask some questions of it. First, you might want to ask, does it fit into any of the unhelpful thinking patterns that we talked about today? And if so, which one? Now, here are some other questions that you might ask. What else might be true that I'm not factoring into this? What are some other explanations or outcomes beyond what I'm thinking? What are all the possible outcomes, good or bad, or somewhere in between? Have I gotten too far ahead of myself in thinking that I know the outcome before it happens? Has this person confirmed that this is what they were thinking? Is this thing within my control or someone else's? Am I being too extreme or rigid or putting unnecessary pressure on myself? Is this thought evidence-based or feelings-based? Is this a real one or is this one that I can let go of and not give it thought at all? Now, these are just a few questions that help to investigate the thoughts related to patterns we talked about today. But you can form your own questions based upon the particular thought that you wrote down. Now, finally and importantly, in the change column, if the thought needs to shift based upon the responses to your curiosity and questions, then here is where you can write a change or a reframe. And let's bring in the wisdom of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, and Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, where we take the thoughts captive by checking and challenging. And then we change them by thinking on what is true, what is pure and lovely. What is an alternate thought to replace the one that you originally wrote based upon your challenge of that thought? So let me give you a personal example. This past week, I experienced 
some anxiety about a health issue. Now in the COVID-19 era, I think we are all looking for any symptom that might fit COVID-19 just to be on the safe side. Well, a recurring thought I was having was, what if this is really serious? What if you end up in the hospital? And so I realized that these thoughts were heavily driving experiences of anxiety in me and was causing me more physical symptoms than I probably actually had. So I had to check it. I said, Tina, stop it right now. And then I challenged it. My questions to my thought was, what if it's not that serious? Do you have all the information yet to make a response or an informed decision? No, you don't have all the information yet. That's why you have a telehealth call scheduled for it. Tina, you're getting too far ahead of this situation and thinking the worst. You are catastrophizing. And then, y'all, I started praying. I started praying the scripture that we use for meditation in the previous episode, the one that's in Isaiah 26, verse 3. God will keep Tina in perfect peace because she trusts in him and fixes her thoughts on him. And I tell you honestly, that started to calm my body and my mind. And then I changed my thoughts to, you don't have all the facts right now, but whatever is ahead, God, I know you'll keep me. You always have, and you always will. And I wish I could say that the other thoughts, the catastrophizing thoughts, the negative thoughts haven't come up again, but I can't tell you that because that's not true. But I can tell you that I had to check it and challenge it. And every time it comes up, I have to work to change it. So listen, I don't know what your mind has been telling you lately or even right now. It might feel like the lyrics to the song, my mind is playing tricks on me. But when we face our thoughts courageously and decide that we will be diligent to combat and screen the unhealthy patterns that try to get through and stick in our minds, y'all, we are going to find that we can manage them, change them, and live free up as we were designed to live. So I'm going to encourage you right now because I know this isn't easy to do, nor is this an easy season we are all facing. But I can tell you this for sure. God will keep you in his perfect peace. Trust him and fix your thoughts on him today. And remember, I am walking this very road alongside you as I'm learning to face my thoughts too. So I'll pray for you, you pray for me, and let's watch God change things. And remember always, God loves you. I love you. Make sure you take care of you.